Yeah, thank you, Taya and the band, Bill. <laughs> we were all the band. We were all the band. We were all worshipers. So one thing that I, I kept thinking of during the worship about what you said about not worrying about 10 steps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, you know, then I, I thought about that one, I think it's Second Chronicles, that talks about this big army. And then it says, just stand still and wait and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, and a lot of times we, we are tempted to take everything in our, in our own hands and control. And we end up, you know, building something that's not exactly what God was had in mind, you know, that's what Abraham did with Sarah, you know, when Sarah could not conceive, and here, let's, let's figure out the next step, let's get my slave here, and then you can have a son, then we will fulfill God's promise, you know, and, and, and then you see the, the results of that forever, <laughs> you know, so Lord, teach us how to wait on you, Amen. and to be led by you every day, and not to come up with solutions out of our own resources. You know, so we bless that. We bless that. Before I, I read, uh, we read and we discuss about Ephesians 3, can I share with you a, a devotional that I read this morning? I got this book because one day Joy read something out of it. It's uh, Reflections for Ragamuffins by Brennan, Man Brennan Manning. He wrote the Ragamuffin Gospel, and it, it, it is a book that has been blessed, blessing me, and all of his books, actually, have been blessing me a lot, you know. And then, this is uh, for November 4th, and I went, oh, I, I didn't read my devotional for my birthday, so. So it's called, At the Door of God's Mercy. And I'm going to read slow so we can really just think about it, okay? The gospel declares that no matter how dutiful or prayerful we are, we cannot save ourselves. Pause. Take a minute there. And we read last week in chapter 2 of Ephesians saying, it's by grace, not by work, that no one may boast. The only person that will ever be able to boast about our salvation is going to be the Son, you know, and the Father and the Holy Spirit. But there are one, so it's only one. The gospel declares that no matter how dutiful or prayerful we are, we cannot save ourselves. Maybe this is the heart of our hang-up, the root of our dilemma. We fluctuate between castigating ourselves and congratulating ourselves because we are deluded into thinking we save ourselves. Pause. That's the root of self-condemnation and self praise 
You either think you deserve, I think your Bible is right here, Bill. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm trying not to be a distraction. Sorry about that. Uh, no problem. So this, this is the dilemma, the root of our dilemma is that we, we end up castigating ourselves, that's the self-condemnation, you beat yourself down when you, you think you did not do enough, or you, put, you give you, yourself a, a brownie point when you did your better than somebody else, right? So I'm going to read this again. We fluctuate between castigating ourselves and congratulating ourselves because we're deluded into thinking we save ourselves. We develop a false sense of security from our good works and scrupulous observance of the law. Observance. Keeping the law. Observing the law. Our halo gets too tight. <laughs> and a carefully disguised attitude of moral superiority results. Or we are appalled by our inconsistency, devastated that we haven't lived up to our lofty expectations of ourselves. The roller coaster ride of elation and depression continues. Why? Because we never lay hold of our nothingness before God. And consequently, we never enter into the deepest reality of our relationship with Him. But when we accept ownership of our powerlessness and helplessness, when we acknowledge that we are paupers at the door of God's mercy, then God can make something beautiful out of us. Then he reads Isaiah 12, verse 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. So if you remember chapter 2 last week, he was talking about, you know, the Gentiles being without God in the world. They had nothing. You know, and, but they were brought in. The wall of separation was removed in Christ, not because of works, but because of, of the mystery. And, God, and Paul uses this word mystery several times in, in Ephesians. And mystery is not something new, but it's something that was there, but it was hidden all along. It was hidden from the, before the foundation of the world that the Messiah was coming and that he was going to make something out of nothing. <laughs> so uh, out of the nations that had no covenant with God, he was going to make them a beautiful thing. His workmanship, we talked about that last week. His poema, his work of art. You know, because not because of... Uh, I'm going to read again. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are 
his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which he, God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So, just a reminder that the book is one big letter, and we're reading parts of it, but it was a whole complete message to this church, and maybe probably, like some people believe, to several churches. So let's go to chapter 3. For this reason, because of everything that I wrote in chapter 2, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there, there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Messiah. You know, that's what, why, you know, we're starting on Tuesdays. Let's find the mystery of the Messiah in the Old Testament. That it was always there, but it was hidden. You know, but it was always there. The mystery of Christ. Verse 5, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, what is the mystery? To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. A little pause here. Just That's why I read this devotional here. The gospel declares that no matter how dutiful or prayerful we are, we cannot save ourselves. We need to always remember that. <laughs> and to, uh, verse 9 again, and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he cared, carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for, you, for they are your glory. Right? Just a reminder, Paul was in prison 
waiting for his, you know, martyrdom <laughs> to be executed, you know, and he's writing all of this. Don't worry about my tribulations. They are for your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. So this is another prayer of Paul in Ephesians. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all fullness of God. I have to take a break here because this is powerful. And I, I, I maybe I will suggest you take a minute this week and meditate on these verses from 14 to 19. And I mean, you could go all the way to the end of the, the chapter, but especially this, this is like a prayer that we can pray for one another. And a prayer that you can pray for yourself and bow your knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That he would grant you, or if you're praying for yourself, that he would grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, and that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. Think about the, the, those pictures of the whole universe. How huge we are finding out that how the universe is that it's beyond what we can even imagine. It's beyond what we can search with our technology. It's beyond what we can search with our minds. And that's how it, it is the, the love of God. And to know the love of Christ, which, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. He wants you to be filled with all the fullness of Him in Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I don't know about you, but this is, this is so much bigger than we, we 
I, I am aware of in my walk with God. You know, and I, I think that the, the gospel can become so diluted with, uh, with, with the things that we think we, we have to do <laughs> that we forget what he has done. You know, and we forget that God always, you know, and he, he, I see that in the scriptures, you know, it's like he, when he's driven for a relationship, he's driven for a relationship. You know, and when he made a covenant with Israel, it did not matter how many times Israel went astray, you know, and how many times they disobeyed, and how many times, you know, in, in our eyes, we, we, should, we would go like, God, you, you should be done with them already. You know, and, and then Jeremiah, we, we read that a few weeks ago. Like, only if the order of the stars and the sun and the moon, if only if that would pass, I will break my covenant with them. But as long as the sun keeps rising up, and you see the moon and the stars at night, my covenant is still valid. I'm not going to break my covenant. And that's the, the height and the breadth and the, the immenseness, the amazing awesomeness of what God is trying to convey here through Paul. And that's what I'm saying. And all of this was made possible by the removing of the wall of separation and your inclusion and your spirit of adoption in Christ. And now you're part and you, you, you have the same rights as if you were born in the family, but you, you were completely adopted. And, you, and now the, the whole point of this is that the fullness of Christ, of God, may dwell in you. By grace we are included, by grace we are saved. And it is, you know, that's why the name of this devotional is At the Door of God's Mercy. It's not by works that no one may boast, but it's just you opening up and receiving this and, 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 and being equipped. That's next chapter, next Sunday. You know, that you may be equipped, that you may grow up, and that you continue to be filled up to all the fullness. That you... Uh, until Ephesians 4.13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I bless, bless this for us. Lord, we, we want you. We want to get to know you. We want to be filled with your fullness. And then you found a way for that to happen through the Holy Spirit. Christ said, it's better for you that I go. You know, because then I, I can send you the comforter, the helper. And he will keep teaching you. He will keep imparting to you. He will keep revealing the scriptures to you. He will keep filling you up. You know, and then one of the problems that we, we run into is that we, we have an experience and we have a meeting with God and we get baptized in the Holy Spirit or whatever. And then you build three tabernacles and you stay there. You know, like the disciples in the Mount of Transfiguration. Can we build three tabernacles? This is awesome. And then 
God has to come and destroy those tabernacles, those temples, those memories of your experiences with God so that you keep moving on, that you keep taking the next step and you keep moving until you reach the fullness. And that to me, is, uh, it should be our hunger and our drive whenever we come together. Whatever we do in our lives, it's like, I want to be filled with the fullness of God. Why? Because that's what he wants. <laughs> Why? I want to grow up and mature because that's what he wants. You know, how do I do that? By becoming more religious, by becoming more dedicated and, and, and doing more works. And then my halo gets a little tighter and I feel like I'm more important than anybody else. And then God has to come and remove that halo and let you stumble one more time until you, we finally realize it is by grace. It is by his including us by the spirit of adoption. And, and that's what happened with the, with the Pharisees. They were filled up with themselves. You know, they knew everything. You know, and they were forcing their religion on everybody. And anybody that was a little different than them, it was rejected. And Christ came and included the publicans and the sinners and, the, you know, and, and, and that shocked everything. You know, he, he came for the empty vessels. You know, and, and, and to me, I always think about that movie Avatar. You know, there's a scene that says, I cannot, you cannot fill a cup, it's already full. You know, and, and the guy was like, he was a human, he had a human mind of living on Earth, and to live in that new planet, he had to be empty. He had to learn everything all over again. You know, and so to me, it made me think of one of my favorite songs, 128, the love of the Lord. Can we sing that song? And say, he says, we are empty so that he may fill us. We are broken so that we may stand in his sight. You know, and, and even when we are empty, it's not because God is mad at us. He's just finding a way to bring the fullness of God into our lives. You know, and when we're broken, is that we may stand in his sight. You know, and, and a lot of times we go, but I'm so broken, I cannot do it. Now is the time to stand. You know, now is the time to be humble and, 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 and come before him and say, okay, I'm, I cannot do anything. Now I realize I'm nothing. You know, like, like this thing says, I love this. Uh, when we accept ownership of our powerlessness and helplessness, when we acknowledge that we are paupers at the door of God's mercy, then God can make something beautiful out of us. Isn't that amazing? This whole story, I mean, everything he was just saying, in my mind, I just kept thinking about the lost wallet having to go to the place that you least desire to go. And yet, that's where he took you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's it's interesting too that the uh, so when he's when he's writing this and so he starts talking about the mysteries and then he says, wait, to be specific, it's that the Gentiles right have the promise. Yes, you know, they have. It's a little bit different. But they have the promise also. But what 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 a so even besides the Pharisees and the scribes, just the Jewish nation 
who for centuries and centuries have been uh, doing their best, whether it was bad or good, but doing their best to walk with God because, because there was a promise involved. But then to realize that like those late in the game get the same promise. Yes. And, and, and so for, for us too, I think, to, and so Christians, so, and that's what you're talking about when we talk the ragamuffin, it's like, so Christians today, or anybody that's, you know, doing their best to walk with God, and then when it, all that is said and done, it really did, didn't matter, doesn't matter, because he just loves you. Yes. He just loves you. It's interesting this, um, when, it, when he talks about knowing the, knowing the love of bread, and then it says to know the love of God, which surpasses all, all knowledge, but I had this uh, strength, and this is a, a lie for me today because I don't know, three weeks ago I had this uh, just a moment and I was uh, relaxing and, and thinking and then my mind took a right hand and it started thinking about oh it'd be nice to have like a, a old worn out uh, piece of board or something that says live aloha that I could hang up and then and then you know totally and then there was a change and then it was like uh, know my love share my love mm. and that was that was the Holy Spirit working with me on that. And, and now I get to hear this today, knowing the love of God, which surpasses all understanding. So I, I, I take this as the next, personally as the next step in, in helping me know his love. Yes. He's wanting us to just 
totally surrendered. Uh, and he came to save us from all of the nuances of the natural man in the flesh and what he feels he can do and accomplish. Yeah. Because that is endless. Yeah. And even the books are good because they rehearse to us what we can't do. Yeah. They're, they're like the, you know, they're like the 600 and some odd commandments. We realize we have no capacity to yeah. do it. So, yeah. Lord, Lord save us from our sins. Amen. Yeah, and, and all of this, because even the books, you know, like, you can read and you can read, but what he's talking about here is to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. So you're not going to ever get it with your mind. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get it because you're dedicated. And then in, in chapter 1, he says, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart being lighted. So it is, it has to be always the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's another prayer that we talked about. I pray that the eyes of my heart being lighted. Otherwise, I'm going to just be struggling with my own eyes, with what I see, with my own mind, what I, I can't understand, and I will never get it. You know, so it, it, it's always the emptying, the surrendering, and then just being positioned in His presence and saying, okay, Lord, Fill me. Fill me with your fullness. Give me the, the fullness of your Holy Spirit, you know, that I may know you. That's what this is all about, is getting to know him, right? And getting to see him and be changed when we see him. First John 3. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's sing the song and, and, and we will bless communion. You know, because to me, the communion is this. Yes. This, this is not a, about how uh, beautiful the blessing over the communion is, or the beautiful the worship that we had, or how beautiful the message was, which I know it was not. You know, but this whole thing is it's just a reminder of what he did. You know, that's why we're not putting a lot of effort, you know, let's make our services shinier and be better. No, hey, we're broken. <laughs> we're broken that we may stand in his sight. You know, we have been emptied so that he may fill us. So we come and say, Lord, you did it. You accomplished it. You did everything. It's never going to be, we cannot save ourselves. We cannot fill ourselves up. We cannot mend us up. You heal us. Hosea 3, right? You broke us, now you heal us. On the third day, we will stand in his sight. So we're just waiting for you to come with your salvation, with your healing. And we come before the altar, the communion table, and then we say, Lord, we do this in remembrance of what you have done. In, in remembrance of the mystery of ages, to be specific, that you died to include us in your eternal plan of salvation of the whole universe. And that is beyond my ability to, to understand. So we bless this for us.
continue to speak to us about your love. Continue to speak to us that we cannot save ourselves. But we come to receive by your grace, not out of our works, not of deserving, not of earning, not out of working for it, but because of what everything you have accomplished for us. Get, please get that right once and for all in our minds that we surrender to your love and not to our human tendency to be in control and to worship our own resources and efforts. Yes. Amen. 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 Bless this communion for us. We do this in faith. <laughs>